podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. And this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need robbing, stealing, or mugging. In fact, don't take it seriously. We're only bugging. This is the World Cup Whistleblowers, and I'm Martin Gritton, and uh, as it's the very first in our World Cup run, we've got some general housekeeping, uh, we've got some useful betting info for the forthcoming shows. Um, uh, our World Cup shows are backed by Ladbrokes, as, as always, who are giving us special odds during the tournament for uh, starter sign-ups and bet a pound on England getting through the group stages, and they will give you odds of 50 to 1, and you will then receive £50 worth of free bets to use in the tournament. So you use the promo code, all capitals, knockout, K-N-O-C-K-O-U-T, um, uh, if you've already got an account with Labricks, don't fear. They are giving our listeners a free bet. And if England don't win the World Cup, um, all you have to do is bet on England to win the World Cup and your state will be matched if they fail to do so. Um, we've got a couple of the latest odds. Obviously, Brazil uh, favourites at 4-1, to one, Germany 9-2, to two, Spain 6-1, to one, France 6-1, to one, Argentina 9-1, to one, England 14-1. to one. Top goal scorers Messi at 10 to 1, Neymar 11 to 1, Griezmann 12 to 1, uh, and a host of others you'll be able to see on the site. Uh, on Monday, uh, there'll be a money back offer bet on England to win the World Cup and if you don't get a £5 free bet uh, oh, oh sorry and if you don't you get a £5 free bet um, so we have uh, listeners you can come to the free shows there's actually going to be some live shows at the Albany on June the 18th the 21st the 28th and July the 6th and 10th get your free tickets at billetto.co.uk that's billetto b-i-l-l-e-t-t-o dot co.uk and they're from 5 to 6pm and then you can watch the live game with the guys. Um, so I'm, I'm delighted to be uh, welcoming some old and new faces to the special edition of the Whistleblowers. Um, first of all, uh, on the phone, we have David Edgar, who's host of uh, Heart in Hand. Is that correct, David? It is indeed. How are you doing? Good man. It's good to, good to hear you, and I'm glad that call's working. Uh, we've also got football statistician Johnny Blaine. Good to see you, Johnny. Hello. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and good to have you here for the first time. We've got Barry Castagnola, who is a comedian, actor, and uh, Behind the Never Write Off the Germans podcast, but <coughs> Barry, good to see you. Good to see you too, mate. <coughs> That's quite a mouthful to start with. And, and uh, old, an old face for the, the whistleblower. It's not an old face, but an old favourite. Uh, Alan Alga, how are you doing, Al? I look old at the moment. <laughs> you rushed to get it. <coughs> It was a bit. It was a bit of a hectic one. It was tr- truly teething problems for the for the first uh, podcast, um, as as you would expect. We've got some cracking ones coming up uh, throughout the the month. So, well, let's kick off. I mean, everyone's talking about uh, the preparation England have had. Barry, I'll start with you. In, in terms of what you've seen of of the England team, have you watched any of the games? I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, yeah I, both I, of them. What's your What's your opinion on them? Because we'll go around and get everyone's opinion on on kind of how England have looked. But what's your What's your thoughts? But it's an interesting one because I think it's um, this sort of World Cup has slightly crept up in a way. Um, like even with a couple of weeks to go, there hadn't been a, a huge amount of talk about it. Um, but I think it's the first time you know we're going with almost zero uh, expectations. But but actually. Uh, I think Southgate is is doing a, is doing doing a great job. He's, he's sort of at the same time he's being positive but not over hyping. Uh, he's got a good young group of players. I mean, it's what it's the it's the, it's the least capped uh, team in the tournament. Um, but there seems to be a good spirit in the camp, and it was quite encouraging. I thought in the uh, in the Costa Rica game to see almost the second string and uh, and putting a good performance as yeah. well. I think we got you know we got some good players. You know, for me personally, if if we got to the the quarterfinals, I'd be I'd be I'd be well happy. You know, um, 
you make a good point about the, the the youth of the team and the inexperience. Um, I, I suppose I think it's a positive. Yeah, very much. So, and Johnny, I, I, from a statistician's point of view, uh, I mean, how does this compare to previous England squads for the World Cup? And, and, and what's your thoughts on I the think current uh, one? Barry made the point about uh, fewest caps. Things are fewest caps at a World Cup uh, since the sixties. Um, it's not, as Barry said, it's the first time we've had gone to a World Cup. And they're sort of like the nation is, is backing them a little bit. I mean, yeah. we're not sort of at the airport waving them off, sort of, you know, sort of they are in the South America, like Panama, you see the scene, it's incredible. But yeah, yeah. there is a feeling that actually, I like this team uh, and we really do want them to do well. Uh, I think they'll be okay. Um, all 23 players, domestic-based, Southgate knows them all very, very well. He's made some brave decisions, uh, you know, Joe Hart being one of them. Um, and I think it's positive. I think we will be okay. Yeah, I, I, even as even as a Scotsman, I'd, I'd consider this, you know, one of the most likable England teams. Only, be, only by the nature of the fact that um, they, they've not done a lot wrong, and they've not got this kind of there's, there's not this legacy that they're turning up with. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll I'll bring David Edgar in here, David. Um, in terms of the uh, your opinion as a Scotsman, what's your, what, how, how have you seen the England? How, have you seen the England warm up? Because I know my dad probably wouldn't have watched it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, I have seen them. Um, I, I, I agree with, with what the lads are saying. The, the, there's very little to dislike, even as a Scotsman in this England team, because uh. they, they don't have that sort of overweening, unearned arrogance that I think was that we heard so often in the golden generation. Against that, though, one thing I have noticed is that you can't help yourselves, lads, um, because we're hearing, well, you know, we're not going into any expectations, and then that's followed almost immediately by the subtext of, which means, because we're not expecting to do well, <laughs> we'll probably do well. And just see Raheem Sterling is going to miss a chance in the quarterfinals, and the Sun are going to run a story about how he had an extra sausage at breakfast and he's a disgrace. <laughs> but yeah, but the, the, there was a uh, the press conference that they did with all the England players. That did Al? I'm going to bring you in here. Um, you won't have heard what David just said, but we were just chatting about uh, Sterling and talking the kind of the abuse that he got. In terms of um, how he's handled that, have things just have we got to the point where players are just so exhausted of seeing their name they're just not bothered anymore, or the or the written press doesn't have the impact that it used to have? I think both actually, and also you're looking at probably the best media trained set of England players that you've had. Well, of all time, because it's evolving constantly. And I think the guys now, okay, they get criticised because after games, they usually tend to give one of 10 stock answers because they're so well trained. But actually, that does mean that all the negatives that you see and everything else that goes with being such a high profile player for the country probably starts to get watered down. I mean, I'm not going to by any means try and overdo what's happened to him recently. But in terms of actual football reporting... I, I really think that they're not up against that kind of thing anymore. The more, the more likely thing is that they open their Twitter accounts and a thousand people yeah. have said, you played terribly in this game, rather than the actual sort of focus criticism. And I think some people might end up saying that the, the public opinion means more. You get idiots on Twitter, you also get journalists that go over the top as well. Well, that's really interesting, the, the, the social media thing, because I think that's almost taught people how to filter stuff out now you know because these social media is having to help these guys because celebrities will just leave in their droves and that's the only reason people go on social media to kind of what's well, one of them one of the key reasons so if if they these players have the ability uh, uh well johnny i, I don't know if you're you're, you're a, a big user of uh yeah, very, much so, very much so in terms of players understanding their own controlling their own media i mean do you think that's been something that's evolved with this england squad yeah you look at harry kane it's, it's all positive tweets and he's tweeting from the training ground and 
photos and trying to get people engaged in a positive way with the team. But what pick up on what Alan was saying, the players are media trained, but Southgate, has, the way I think he's dealt with the media has been great. The Sterling thing, I think in regimes gone past, they could have shut the team away and gone, well, we're not going to see you till we come back. But a few days later, they had the open day, the American football style open day, which I think would have been cancelled in previous years because of the way the media mm. handled it. And some people would say the media in this country didn't deserve to go and have that day, yeah. the way they sometimes treat the England team. So I think Southgate from top to bottom has handled it brilliantly off the pitch. Yeah, no, definitely. Barry, I was going to say, did you see that, um, that some of the media with the England team in that kind of open forum way that they were interviewed? I don't know if that's something that... Um, that you would encourage for these players? Yeah, I mean, again, touching on from what from what Alan said, uh, they they are they are overly trained uh, in terms of media responses, which can make it a little bit bland. But obviously, social media now has allowed that that um, direct connection with the fans that that, that we never had before. So, um, I just wondered though, with 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 Kane, he used to do this thing. I'm a Spurs supporter, and he used to do a thing after every interview where every question it was asked, he would the first word he'd say would be no for some reason, whatever it was, and uh, hopefully they've knocked that out of him. He'd do it every they yeah. go, uh, so you happy to have scored? No, but I mean it's great. It'll be very, yeah, <laughs> every yeah. single time, but conditioned uh, almost. But yeah, you want. I mean, you want to see a bit of personality. I do wonder with in terms of the the uh, Johnny was saying about brave decisions that Southgate made. That some of the players uh, that he didn't pick, like your Wilshers and uh, and people talking about John Joe Shelby. On the one hand, you go, okay, we do look like we're we're missing possibly that 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 creative that sort of Modric type player. You know, the, 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 a player who can who can pick out a pass. And that's why, obviously, those names were being mentioned. But at the same time, we don't know. He's very big on harmony and uh, and making sure that he's got a happy feeling in the camp. We don't know whether he might have looked at someone like John John and gone, do you know what, he's, he's, a, he's a risk. I, th- yeah. I actually think that was the Wilshire omission. Right. I think yeah. that was based on attitude. I mean, obviously, he's had his problems at Arsenal, but I'm, I'm almost certain that... Um, I mean, I, I don't actually think that Wilshire deserved to go because his form dipped off towards no, the end no. of the season. But I do also feel that he has had his issues in the past as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, David, I'll just bring you back in there because Alan can't quite hear you through his mic. So, uh, Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, you come, come in there because I was just going to say, uh, in, in terms of that experience, what, uh, what's your opinion? Yeah, see him outsider looking in. Jack Wilshire doesn't deserve to be anywhere near the England squad at the moment. He's, mm. he's, it's the ghost of Jack Wilshire that's been getting picked for England for the last five years. It's potentially what he could be. And you nailed it there with, we don't have that Modric-type player. Well, you don't. So you get names like John Joe Shelby being put... John Joe Shelby shouldn't be going to a World Cup. He's mm. not going to contribute anything. He's not going to be positive. Because you don't have the player, don't invent someone into that role. Instead, say, well, what do we have? You've got some astonishing power down the wings. You've got some real skill and pace. You have a genuinely world-class striker. Mm. Find a way to utilise what you do have as opposed to this constant, wouldn't it be nice if we had one of them? Also, on the players that haven't gone, if it is about attitude, we don't know. Southgate's been to major tournaments. He knows what works when you're enclosed in that space for so long. You've been a player possibly bad apples, you might not want to take them. And Southgate, as I said, I think has managed this off the pitch brilliantly, on the pitch so far, well. But let's see what happens when, when it all kicks off. Well, yeah, I, I think, the, the, Alan, I'll just bring you back in. The, the, you look at the the age of those players, so Loftus-Cheek, Di- uh, well, I mean, Diamond, maybe less so, but Ali, Lingard, uh, we well back the way he's finished. The, these guys bringing foreign players to the World Cup, young guys, you're not bringing people that you're just that are living off a legacy. I'm not so sure about Welbeck, but <laughs> well, that's, sorry, I probably said the wrong point there. Being an Arsenal fan, apart from that, apart from that, um, yeah, you you do have to go with that, and also maybe more to do with the fact that he's got faith in a certain system, whereas certain managers down the years, I mean, we've even heard it said that 
players like Beckham, even with injuries, were actually forced to go by FA commercial arrangements rather than anything else. Yep. He's obviously just got his own way and said, right, well, I'm going to play to this certain system. These are the players that are going to be there. And also, the, the, the other big point, and you mentioned the odds at the start, this is actually quite a realistic price for England to go and win it. They're priced at 16-1. to 1. For the 2010 World Cup, they were the 6-1 to one second favourites in South Africa with that, with that squad of players. And obviously, they could only get to the last 16 and got absolutely thrashed by Germany once it became knockout. The last lot couldn't even get out of a group that was, you know, everyone was saying was completely easy. The expectation level is so low that maybe that's what's taking a bit of pressure yeah. off as well. Do you no? know how we get priced up abroad, England? Like, would we be that same? Will we lower? How do people see us in other? Well, it's a good question because there's uh, a real sort of well-known thing in the gambling industry that up until about 2012, somewhere around that time when played in Euros, up until up until that time, there was actually there was actually uh, no real reason for bookmakers to give anything other than a really short price on England because it wasn't a worldwide market. Now it's a worldwide market. That price is being traded by Labrooks or by ourselves at Betway all around the world. So it doesn't really matter. You're not taking the 10 and 20 pound patriotic money because you're getting money from Brazil as well and you're getting money from all over. So you don't really need to account for your liabilities. What it also means is England fans are not being ripped off anymore on yep. the price that they should be for tournaments. Well, listen, just before we take a break, uh, David, I just want to have a, a last word with you because uh, I know I know we're just dialing in for the first half. Um, have you got anything planned for the uh, for the podcast over the summer, or are you, are you kind of just going to be enjoying the um, enjoying it from your armchair? No, we've got uh, we've got a subscription service which people can sign up to at patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, um, where we do generally speaking three to four shows a day anyway for just one ninety nine per month. But we'll have yep. uh, World Cup. Uh, we've got World Cup previews on there for every group. We've got looking back at previous issues. We're actually going back, you might appreciate this, to 1998. And in real time, we're going through Scotland's last, and let's be honest, going to be <laughs> last World Cup performance. Yeah. So we've got plenty on, but we'll be watching every game and having reports from them and whatnot on that site. But apart from that, no, I, I'm a total geek. I'm the, I watch every game at World Cup. I don't care. I know that there's, the Champions League has passed it and all that stuff. It's the World Cup, damn it. And it's still real to me. And we'll be able to find out your opinions on the, the hand in heart. Is, is that on your own personal Twitter or would it be on, yep. the, on the podcast one? Yep. Just go to the podcast one, uh, which is Ibrox Rocks. Uh, and you will you will find uh, my thoughts on, on every match. And uh, we are not, despite uh, the accent, we're not fervently <laughs> anti-English to do well. We're quite happy to acknowledge that. Um, but uh, Quite I'm happy. Still, <laughs> still quite happy. Let's not go nuts. Yeah, let's not go too far. Um, but I still think that uh, anyone who gets uh, who gets further than Brazil or maybe Germany will be doing very well because those squads are ridiculous. Yeah, good. Right, listen, David. Thanks for joining us. Uh, uh, that's mo- no problem. I'll speak to you soon. Uh, uh, and uh, no more problem. from us after the break. Cheers, guys. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. Welcome back. Uh, uh, we're, we're here still with Barry Castagnola, uh, uh, Johnny, sorry, Johnny Blaine and Alan Alga. Uh, just look, taking a look at the preview before the World Cup, let's look at some of the other uh, potentials because, uh, Alan, we were, we were talking about some of the other odds, some of the other favourites. I mean, obviously, France, Spain, Germany in there. Is there any kind of uh, some serious money being spent this week on that? There's a fair spread of money. That's the good thing about this World Cup. There's a fair spread of money amongst the, the main contenders. 
uh, people were actually arguing this morning whether on what the definition was of a dark horse because everybody's saying Uruguay. And if everybody's saying Uruguay, well, then they're not because everybody's saying it. And they're around 25 to 1. And they've been the best-backed outside of those at the top of the market. But what, what you've seen is... Athletical centre-backs. Do you think that's got a big factor in there? Someone kind of yeah. looking at them and saying... Suarez Cavani. Good up front as yeah. well. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of logic behind that. But what we've also seen down the years is that even in the 2014 World Cup, where the two favoured teams got to the final, along the way, there were a lot of, sort of different casualties in the actual match betting that you wouldn't have expected. And especially so in, in 2010 and, the, and uh, the tournament before that in 2006. So yeah. you will get shocks along the way. And because it's... okay. In a group, the best team should out, even if they're only playing three times. But it doesn't always happen, no. as you saw with England in that group, um, you know, with Costa Rica before and, and Uruguay and Italy. Yep. They were expected to be in in the top two, maybe in the top three, and ended up coming bottom of the whole group. And that, that really does go to show that there's no margin for error for some of these big teams. And it looks as though England have been given a favourable group because they do have two of the absolute yeah. outsiders in it. Although... The other aspect is it's the, it's the only group with two very well-ranked teams in it, England and Belgium. Yeah, they true. should share one and two, but it does mean one of them is going to have to go through that second path. And uh, in the last 16 last year, uh, sorry, in the last 16 of the last World Cup, all of the teams that, that were first in the group qualified in the last uh, the round of 16. And in the previous World Cup, seven of eight managed to do it. Eight? So you, you're looking at... <laughs> Top in the group, mm. otherwise nothing. So really, you're going to know pretty early whether or not England have got a good chance going through. For, from a stats point of view, Johnny, in terms of the te- is, is form important here, or is it kind of individual form? What's what's the kind of factor that you guys look out for uh, in potential? I think when you look at results, there's been a lot of teams struggling with results. Uh, Career Republic lost again today. Uh, I wouldn't say they're a dark horse, but some people said, "Oh, I think they'll do okay." I don't. There's so many changes made in friendlies. I mean, England made 10. Mm. Uh, other teams made a whole host of uh, changes. Some teams I've noticed even played people who are not actually going to the tournament, which I've seen. Oh, there must be some injuries knocking about. I don't think form is, is a mass, plays a massive factor. Uh, I think the path plays a massive factor. I've looked at England and thought, well, we'll get through the group. Well, there's every chance we meet Brazil and Germany uh, not so long after that, and I think that's probably as far as, as we'll go. Um, Uruguay was my dark horse as well. Yeah. But I th- their problem is Portugal and Spain, possibly. Uh, yeah, that's in, an inter- in, in the next round. Yeah, that's a t- that's an interesting one. Barry, have you have you been watching any of the other teams in the warm up? Have you got anyone that you're kind of looking out to or, or expecting things from? I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen a lot to be honest. It's, it's quite it's quite interesting also without um, Italy and uh, and Holland obviously uh, there. And you look to someone like Belgium and you think a Belgium taking Holland's place as this team that of a, of, of brilliant individuals. I mean, you look at their squad on paper. Mm. And you go, they should be going through to the final they should, uh, or, or winning it. But no one's really backing them because it always just feels like that, that, that they're almost like the new Holland, I think. You know, yeah. they're, they're, there's always a bit of disharmony. They're arguing yeah. amongst themselves. You've got De Bruyne and, and Hazard and not knowing who's, you know, how they're going to put them in the same team. And I'm not sure about Martinez yeah. uh, overall. Well, that's, that's an interesting point because Martinez is the kind of the, the thing. People know how his teams line up or they know a lot about him, but they know a lot about the Belgian players as well, don't they, Johnny? I mean, that's a, it's familiarity, a kind of weakness perhaps for them. Whenever I think about Belgium and people say, oh, how far do you think they'll get? I just remember Lukaku's face when Martinez got the job. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> when he was sat on the bench at Old Trafford and he got announced and his face just dropped. 
I think they're a bit of the France about them, just not the best harmony. If it all clicks, mm. then then they've got a fantastic team from front to back. I'm not. I can't see them winning the World Cup. No. Well, so I can say Portugal. Portugal might be a. Uh, I mean, again, I know they're ranked highly, obviously Portugal, but you, you never know with them. I, that I actually can... don't think that. I've got a feeling they might not be out of their group. Yeah. Oh, we really? talk about for Morocco. Morocco are on a, a national record unbeaten run. Okay, some of those teams they've played not the best, but I've got a feeling that could be a pivotal game, Morocco Portugal. No, actually, interesting is it. It's almost as the Portugal team have diminished. Ronaldo's got better, but is that going to be enough to kind of pull the team through? I mean, Spain are, are just an intimidating force again now, aren't they? I, I mean, have you seen? I, how, how do you fancy them between them and France? Who, who do you fancy? Or, I think or? France have got far more holes in their squad. They've got far more negatives that you could stack against them than Spain. I mm. don't think Spain have got as many negatives. They're obviously in that group with Portugal. Portugal as as Euros winners. They will be popular. People will be backing them. But if you think about the way they ground that out, I just don't think you can because there's an extra round in this. Yeah. And I just don't think they can grind it out in that way and be so lucky, especially playing South American teams who will be trying to do the same thing to them. Yeah. And I just think that that's where they'll come up against something like that. I mean, there was a stat going back that teams couldn't win outside of their continent, but that's been rubbish now. And the reason that's been rubbish is half of these players are playing actually in Europe anyway. That, you know, yeah. you look at the Brazil squad, they know how to play their trade in Europe. A lot of the, the, the lesser nations actually play in the Russian league anyway. So uh, they've got, sorry, they've got players who play in that league anyway. So I think with the global game, I think all of that diminishes now. Uh, I can't really see Portugal doing it. I think, I think the price is about right. I mean, they're, they're just slightly shorter than Uruguay in the market. Mm. If you ask me to back between the two, I'll be taking Uruguay yeah. all day. Although they might meet, as you say. It brings us nicely on to never write off the Germans, I believe, because we've not spoken about them yet at all. I know that that's perhaps not the, the actual theme of your, your podcast, but it's certainly but you irrelevant. You can't never write no. off, can you? You can. That's you can. the thing. So, I mean, what, was, what was your quote, Johnny, before? Oh, yeah, someone said, a bad Germany team gets to the World Cup final, a good one wins it. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't rule them out. They're, I like and, that. And, oh. and, they're just, and, the, and the continuity, I mean, they, they've done what we seem to be aiming to do with, with Southgate. Is, is, you know, is taking the, uh, a manager who's looked after, bringing a young group of players through, under-21s, keeping them together, developing together. Uh, and I think he's done a, he's done a, done a great job of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, Lowe, obviously, he's, he's absolutely... Well, obviously, look at, this, yeah. look at what they've won. So, uh, I, but uh, I, I, you know, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against them. In terms of your pocket, what's, the, what's going to be going on during the World Cup on the men and Germans? Uh, never mind the on, Germans. On, on the podcast, right so, yeah, we're, we're, um, uh, we're recording our first one tonight. Um, so each, uh, each episode, we're going to have three comedians uh, or people from the comedy world. Uh, we'd be playing in clips, bits of trivia. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of loosely based around a quiz, basically, yep. uh, with, uh, with some classic clips and talking about recent games and... Uh, points and prizes and all sorts. Well, I've just seen a couple of your guests walk in, a very esteemed guest as well, so I'd look forward to listening to that as well. Right. Johnny, what are you up to during the World Cup? What's the, what's the plan? Uh, I'm working for some uh, for some networks, some TV networks, and uh, I'll be watching every game from the comfort of my own home, looking forward to it. Um, it's been a slight slow burner, waking up a bit like Christmas Day, like, is it Thursday yet? Is it yeah. Thursday yet? No, it's still Monday, uh, but we'll get there. And that Thursday isn't always, the, it's all it's cracked up to be anyway with Russia, Russia. Saudi Arabia. I, I think I watched Saudi Arabia against Germany. Uh, and they were all right. Germany weren't great, probably playing sort of third gear. I've got a feeling that they might surprise the Russians, and it would be a shame for the host not to progress, actually, 
Uh, I think you need the host to go through at a tournament. It, they're the worst Russian team that any of the world's ever seen. So uh, who knows? What are their odds? I've got, uh, do you know the Russian odds? Have they yeah, got fifty to one? Fifties, <laughs> and that's the host yeah. nation. Is that the worst host nation records on? Well, on South record? Korea when they joint hosted, oh, yeah. were slightly bigger at sixty-six to one. They got a, a little bit of help yeah, along the way, didn't they? Yeah. Russians might get there. Yeah. You never know. You, well, sure. that's the thing. I mean. That, that, I saw a preview written about the Russians and very blatant about that fact saying don't write them off because they might get a load of the halfway refereeing decisions. <laughs> Even though we've got VAR, which should probably mean that that suddenly won't is a be bit working defunct. In a yeah. 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 But, um, or if the team goes down with a major sickness just before, yeah. <laughs> just before a knockout be match. Against against and are, are you, what are you up to during the World Cup? Have you got the, a, a leisurely uh, journey for this one or are you, get, are you involved? It won't be leisurely at all because we'll be obviously updating videos and different things for our content team during the whole of the World Cup. We're updating odds after every single game because obviously people do want to back the outright markets as they go through the tournament. Don't just try and back them before the start. And the fact that also loads of other stuff occurs during the World Cup. You know, Royal Ascot will still take place next week and I'll still be there. Um, Doing my normal job there. So it's it's a nice combination. Very nice combination. Well, listen, um, we're, we're going to have to cut it short this week, uh, but we welcome listeners uh, to check out hand, um, Heart of Hand, Heart and Hands, I should say, the Spurs show, Footballistically Arsenal, who are all our kind of sister podcasts, and of course, never write off the Germans. Um, there's going to be more of this over at the World Cup by subscribing to the Whistleblowers on Apple Podcasts, uh, whistleblowers.net or wherever you get your podcast from. Um, that was the Whistleblowers, and we're looking forward to Thursday. Cheers. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network.